Hello friends, how are you? How are you getting on? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. I hope you're having a lovely, gentle day. Today I'm joined by my good friend Stephen Malone. I was introduced to Stephen again through the sea swimming like you meet most great people. Most great people you meet down at the sea, you know, you meet people from all walks of life. We've been on journeys, walked interesting paths and, you know, are carrying incredible stories. And Stephen is one of those people. Stephen went from professional poker to go on to become a yogi and study the yoga philosophy in a yoga retreat in southern France. He's one of the most spiritual lads in Lucan. <laughs> so I'm absolutely chuffed and over the moon to have my good friend Stephen on the podcast. So Steve, how are you, brother? How's it going? It's uh, some intro, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, like um, we were chatting the other day, you know, we went for we went for a, a dip there in Cloyne and then we were up in Cloyne Hill and we were just had to have a very nice conversation. And, you know, you, you were just telling me your story about where, how you went from like the poker to going on to study like yoga and the philosophy of yoga. And, you know, I just thought that was powerful. Like, like and um like what? Like, tell tell us about your story. Like, how did like how did all this come about? Like, you know, like how did you get into the poker? Um, well, I got into poker when I say when I was about sixteen or seventeen. Like, just like I say, a lot of people at the time. So I'm thirty three now. Like, poker was kind of getting a lot of mainstream attention on the TV, and maybe people remember watching it on telly and stuff. So I started playing with the lads. We used to have a few cans and put a fiver in each, you know what I mean? And from there, I just had the love of society and, uh, you know, how the mind works and mm. how people interact. That kind of, uh, now, obviously, it was for a laugh then. Um, now, I didn't take it seriously for many years. I, I, I do another stuff. I was working with kids in outdoor uh, education, different things. And actually, I got sick in Thailand. I got dengue fever. And um, I actually had to come home after a few weeks and I still was into poker, like at the time. But my friends that um, that didn't go traveling the route that I took continued to play poker like full time. So I still knew them and I met up with them. And and actually just one Sunday I played a tournament online. It was a $11 tournament and I won $18,000 like that Sunday. Wow. And uh, that was like the big, a big win obviously. And uh, that started then I met people through my friends came very lucky actually because some of the people I met actually were some of the one of some of the very good online players in the world and and they coached me and they they taught me actually how to play um and why, did they, pick, why, why did they pick you to, is it because you won that tournament and they seen something in you and they kind of um well I, I actually went to Tomorrowland with them <laughs> back then I was obviously into partying and all that and we went we just made friends it wasn't about okay. like you know poker or anything like yeah uh, there can be a lot there can be a lot of ego and poker like uh, but there was none of that you know that weekend was just all about making friends and and then after that I just obviously became friendly with them and uh, in the end I, I I moved to Mexico actually with some of them to live in apartments there and we we just grind like grinded is when you play poker a lot of tournaments at one time like and as the years went on, I just obviously became better because you surround yourself with people in in a in that kind of circle. You're obviously going to get better at a certain. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be meditation, it can be poker, it can 
if you surround yourself so with people yeah, so in that it, vibration, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it can even be like mindset or like your whole kind of, if you're around positive people, like, you know, whatever you kind of, whatever you ingest and like, constantly surround yourself in, you know, that that's what you'll become like. Yeah, they say that, like, you know, that 10,000 10, hours theory, like if you put, not that I put, well, I probably did put a lot of it, but, you know, if you put enough time into something and you're dedicated towards it, mm. And at the time, I was obsessed with poker. Like a lot of people, maybe it's bordering on like an addiction, you know, like um, looking back on it. Um, and even then, now looking back, I probably wasn't even as good as I thought I was. But, but I did have something that, I don't know, I, would, I was doing well anyway online and, and I'd done well then in some, in, a, in some live tournaments. I, I played in a lot of European tournaments in America and traveled around like with the same kind of group of people, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a mad roller coaster, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? And like, I say that was like some lifestyle, like, because you, you, you played in Vegas as well, didn't you? And like, you, yeah. I think you're, you're telling me that story there. What you were kind of one good hand away from winning nearly uh, two million in the, in the game of poker. Well, it was, it was, it was 1.2 million, 1.2 million uh, for the winner in the tournament in Barcelona. So, Put it in perspective, it's like five thousand euro to enter the tournament. There was there was sixteen hundred people I think entered, and I got down to the last nine people, and though I was one hand away from being second in chips with eight left, maybe I wouldn't have won the fourth prize, but I would have definitely become like a, a lot more money than I, what I actually won. But that's so in life, isn't it? I wouldn't be here today if. If I had won that tournament, then who knows how life turns out then, you know? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? How things would have changed. Like, you know, um, you know, that's what I suppose that's the universe gives us what we what yeah. we need, not what we want, you know. If you got what we wanted all the time, it probably wouldn't be good for us, like, you know. Yeah, that, that's powerful. And like how did your how did that go, that lifestyle go for you in the on the on the whole kind of poker buzz? Um well, to be honest, I mean it looks from the outside, uh like a glamorous and it was don't get me wrong I had great experiences like I traveled a lot and I got to see a lot made a lot of friends and stuff but uh you know it comes with when money is around like I always thought I wanted to have a lot of money when I was younger like that would make me happy you know or uh, when I have x amount I can do that I'll have that and you know and I think the realization came when I had probably the most money that I've well most money I ever had in, in cash, you know, or in, in online poker accounts, whatever. And it was probably the most miserable I've ever been. Like there was a lot of mental health issues. Now looking back, I mean, at the time I didn't really know. There was always chasing the buzz, chasing something, you know, drinking or partying or mm. whatever it was. Like it's, and, uh, you know, I suffered a lot with panic attacks back then. And, uh, you know, just anxiety all the time, you know, in a state of like, always in this contraction and state you know like that and um, not realizing it you know it's not yeah. even it's real conscious yeah it's mad isn't yeah. it i can identify a lot with that because with me yeah. and i suppose me looking for things on the outside of myself always came hand in hand with my, my anxiety and you know panic attacks and things like that and it's like when i used alcohol or any anything i can find on the outside of myself it was it was like a medication it was like a medication i used to heal these wounds that I had, you know what I mean? And I think this anxiety and panic attacks, it was stemming 
from unresolved uh, just with stuff that I had that I was carrying and I wasn't even aware of like and if you were to see like a flower out in the garden and that flower its petals or its leaves are starting to look a bit withered you know you wouldn't treat the the petals of the leaves you know you go straight to the roots you know you feed you nourish the roots and that's what I, I wasn't doing you know I was looking for the thing on the outside to fix me you know it's like um it's like if you were sitting in the dark in the sitting room you're like I need light in here and you go into the bathroom and turn on the light and come back into the sitting room sit down in the dark and go why is it still dark in here you know it's because we're <laughs> always looking for the solution on the outside yeah. you know rather than looking on the inside and, and that's the thing we're always looking for the for the easy thing, or this will fix me, that will fix me. You know, he's shiny carrot in the distance, like, and then we get there and we we realize, hey, this this isn't it either, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and I guess that that just that just, I mean, even now, it's 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 a never-ending process. I'm not saying, like, I, I definitely have more peace of mind that that came, but like, even looking back, you know, I guess the whole process itself had to happen the way it happened for me I mean I don't know how other people go through their ups and downs in life but you know the downs are whatever you want to call them you know what is good and bad at the end of the day that's something which I, I like to look at now you know what like the whole thing about the tournament like getting knocked out in ninth at the time I was devastated I was I cried like over that you know what I mean mm. and now looking back like that what's good and bad like that led me here so you know it's it's yeah. like a Acts 22 and as you said the universe will lead you the way whatever way it wants like you don't really have a choice in it you yeah. just get you have to you have to jump yeah. on the, the the horse you know what i mean yeah no 100 and yeah. that's i love yeah, that way that that kind of turned into a gift for you like you know went from like uh at the time it was such a burden but now you're looking at it now it turned out to be a gift because it was like a catalyst that catapulted you into into the light that you have now. And the same way is like I'm reading a great book now from uh, Edit Adgar, and she taught she was a she was a, a prisoner in one of the concentration camps in in Germany, and uh, she she talks about like her experience from these camps were obviously horrific, but today she labels that like, her past as her gift and how she can use that to transcend her experience to benefit other people that she can connect with other people on a much deeper level and it's one of her like superpowers is that she has this kind of past that and, and and she developed this deeper level of empathy and understanding and a connection with people who may also be going through their own struggles and their own kind of challenges but she wouldn't she wouldn't have got this experience if it wasn't for um this this her, her her when she went to this concentration camp and went through what she did go through and it's it, what she's basically saying is that through every kind of setback we get a gift and that gift is called experience you know and from experience we gain we gain wisdom like you know yeah i, I actually i think my mom's actually reading that book at the minute she was actually telling me about it. it's the same one anyway, yeah um, yeah it's 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 very interesting with i mean with any but any Body in life, whatever kind of setback, or you want to say they've been the dark night of the soul, or whatever it's said in some spiritual spiritual kind of things. It's like, you know, at the time you don't really see it as that, but it's where you do the most learning and and uh, most processing that goes on in that time. Yeah, mm. at the time it probably doesn't seem like it's a it's a great thing, but uh, when you come out the other side, you can also help other people then kind of navigate themselves through that in a way you know when you've been through it yourself 
Yeah, and like, how did you go then from like poker to like what what was your kind of rock bottom there? Like, what did you hit a rock bottom that kind of led you on the kind of a seeking yeah. path? Yeah, like, I guess the rock bottom would have been I just finished the summer in Vegas. I'd lost uh, not only my own money, but obviously other people were like, I'd friends, you know, we were putting my money. So I'd lost some money for other people and my own money. And and also I partied a lot that summer. Um, and so when you you know yourself, I don't know if you have, when you have panic attacks, you know, like they come on, if you keep like perpetuating them. So you keep drinking or partying or hiding away your emotions and how you are dealing with whatever you're dealing with. At the end of that summer, I ended up back here and I was like, there has to be more than life than this. Like, I, mm-hmm. I literally couldn't move, like, and um, I don't know how, but somehow, and maybe some people have heard of ayahuasca, but it kept coming up for me, like, and uh, either I was on the internet and I'd see it, and I did, and I heard about it through a documentary years ago on Netflix, I think Joe Rogan or someone was, like, mentioning it. Anyway, I researched it and eventually I went and done a, a ceremony, which they're called ceremonies, like, or whatever you want to, like, uh, in Europe for a weekend. And that took a bit of courage just to find out, because I didn't really know too much about it, you know, so I just went on my own, like, mm-hmm. changed my life, literally, after that weekend. I mean, it's hard to explain what happens in them kind of things. It's like, ayahuasca is... Um, it's a mixture of two plants and you drink it and it, it kind of, it's a, it's a, it's an hallucinogenic or a psychedelic as they call them, you know, but it also makes you dive deep inside your psyche, into the mind, into how your structure of your ego or, you know, all of these things. And it brings out a lot of darkness also, but also makes you see a lot of what you're missing. And, uh, and that was a slow start. Then I, after that, I just started to slowly change. It wasn't just like in a month or two, you know, everything changed. It was it was a slow process then. Mm, um, kind of like uh, planted a seed in your head. Exactly. Well, like that's a like the ayahuasca. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've done I've done kind of research on it, and obviously someone in recovery, you know, I'm always skeptical um, of using of someone that had a, I suppose a substance dependency issue using a substance. Um, to go into fix me dependent <laughs> substance dependency issue, like you know, and uh, but I'm always intrigued by it. You know, I'm like the guy that is like holding the rope of the other guy going down the hall, and I'm like, so what do you see down there? Tell me. You know, I'm just I just like to kind of like observe from a distance. You know, I don't think it's anything I'd ever take. You know, uh, one day at a time. But um, I know just from kind of hearing stories that they talk about, you know, the annihilation of your ego, where it's just your pure, untethered energy there. And when you take this, it relieves you of, of your ego, of your, I suppose, your primal state. And you're just more in the, just with that pure energy that that they speak of. And um, yeah, you know, when they talk about, like, there is ways to achieve, I suppose, like, unless it's a feeling of, of DMT, so DMT is the kind of, the chemical that our body produces, actually stored in our livers, and we get it, actually, when we die, you know, so when, like, you hear near-death experiences and people saying, I'd be seeing these mad things, it's like nature's way of giving you one last kind goodbye, you know, and uh, so you get this influx of DMT uh, as, your, as your kind of circulation of blood, of oxygen to your brain starts to kind of... Um, lower and um but there is ways to get it through like the Wim Hof and Kudalini uh, yoga 
and a few other ways. And I don't know my, my thing with the whole ayahuasca stuff, and I don't know, gaining this. This is just me, just gaining this higher state of consciousness. It's like, so if you look had a kid and he's after as you're doing homework with your kid, and he's like, oh, dad, what's the what's the answer to this? Like two plus two plus two. Like you could give him that answer straight away, and he got what deadly thanks. I have the answer to this question. But you could teach him how to get there himself. And then he can always find the answer to whatever the question is. You know what I mean? And 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 that's kind of similar to the kind of ayahuasca approach. I'm trying to find a, an answer to something. We could get that instant a, a answer by taking this ayahuasca or the mushrooms or whatever. Or we can kind of say, right, can I, put, can I go on a bit of a journey here and find the equation myself and get the answer there? myself like you know what i mean rather than having to go down this route like you know um because i i can only talk about what what worked for me like for me i find going for like being in a flow state being in a present moment flow state and that's where i get all my philosophies in my head like when i go for a run or when i go for a swim or when i go walking through the woods going hiking and i'm just intensely present in the moment and i get that flow state like what you're talking about i'm trying to detach from my ego and just be in the present moment you know and and try you know when i catch my ego you know we were talking about the other day you know trying to observe my thoughts and be the observer don't be my thoughts mm -hmm. just observe my thoughts and be a part detach from my mind the same way like say you have your hand or your elbow or your knee and your mind you, you're not your mind but you can learn to observe your mind and and that really helped me because for someone that struggled like yourself with panic attacks and anxiety was because every thought that I had in my head, I used to believe, you know, if we mm. got a weird look off me boss, oh, I'm going to get fired today, or if I got a missed phone call, I'm like, geez, money, my parents are after dying, you know, I'd always think the worst case yeah. scenario, every time it popped into my head. And when I started to realize that I don't have to believe my thoughts, you know, I can let them flow in and I can let them flow out and I don't have to take them as gospel. And, and what I learned that my mind is just a primal tool that's there to kind of, tell you all the potential hazards you may face today because like when you were a cave man you'd leave the cave and your your brain would go into action and say here right you might run into a dinosaur or save a two line or a pterodactyl <laughs> you know and you were like right I'll, I'll be ready for that and now we've evolved a couple of hundred thousand years and our heads are still doing the exact same thing but instead you know it's telling us oh you might get into a traffic jam you might be late for work your boss might for you you mightn't have enough to pay your mortgage or what you know but it's still doing the same thing and it's a and it's releasing all the stress hormone and triggering fight or flight but we're carrying around the saber tooth lion with us everywhere we go you know and that's what i learned is that i need to learn to switch off this problem solving problem finding tool in my head you know, and be more in the present moment, you know, and for me, that's how I, I suppose, gained that um, enlightenment without needing an outside substance, and that's just, that's just my take on it, you know, and I know everyone eats yeah. it around, like, you know, eats it around, but I just know from doing that kind of, doing that bit of mindfulness, doing the meditation, doing the, uh, you know, doing some CBT stuff, you know, and, and regularly exercising, and getting in the sea on a regular basis has led me to a much clearer mind and a much better mental health. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you totally. What exactly what you said there? I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, advise it for everybody, and um, and even now, I probably wouldn't advise it. Like for yeah, a lot of people, because there is, as you said, ways, and which has that has led me to now see that what I was searching or what I got from that experience 
I don't need to go down a substance route necessarily, you know. At the time, it was just something that I found that took me to that place. But now I go and do, as you say, like nature or some meditation or practice some hatha yoga or breath work or running, whatever it is, it, it can be anything. If it brings you uh, into a state of peace and, and, and calmness and brings you back to yourself, you know, it, it's anything that works, it's, it's the best for you. You know, there's many, many people in uh, 7 billion, 8 billion, and they all have different ways that they will calm themselves or bring themselves into a state of presence, you know? Yeah, I love yeah. that. So like, so what, you, you, you took the ayahuasca and you had this, you had this vision and it just changed your course of, of, of something you want yeah, to see. Yeah, I mean, like. that's, it, sorry for putting across you there. Yeah, but I guess like the, it's very hard to sum up what happens in that time. But anyway, just let's say the process happened there and it was a slow process. Actually, after I finished doing the, the ayahuasca, I came back and I shared it with my, my family, my parents. Like I wanted to tell my mom like what happened and all that. And she mm. said to me, why don't you walk the Camino? And I didn't know what that was at the time, but I don't know if you ever heard, I'm sure you heard of the Camino. So I walked the Camino like 10 days later after this. So I just packed all my stuff and uh, went walking across Spain. And uh, met a lot of people there, and that, and then that was the slowly of opening, you know. Like I started to feel like lighter, and I don't know, there was just an expansion that was starting to happen. And then over the next six months to a year, I done a bit more uh, traveling around, and uh, I guess the seeking already started there. Like, what is life? You know, what, what, what? Like, where are we? Why are we here? And all of these questions were kind of arising. So then I started to dabble in a bit of meditation here and there, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, and then I signed, I seen it, a thing in Ireland for a, a 10 day silent retreat. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Did you hear of um, Vipassana retreats? Yeah. It's, a, it's, like, it's like silent retreats, meditation, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was one up in Loud, I think it was Loud uh, in the, in the Gordon school. I can't remember where exactly it was. Anyway, I went there for a 10-day retreat. Now, I hadn't got much experience. As you can imagine, I arrived there signing up for a 10-day silent retreat. Like, and I love to talk. I love a good chat like myself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, good talk now. <laughs> and the first day came, and, and it's 10 hours a day, like, pretty much sitting meditation, you know, and they're quite strict, you know, they don't let you use chairs and anything like this. So, and I yeah. wasn't used to it. So you can't sit so and you can't talk. <laughs> I don't think it'll last long there. Sitting on the ground, like, um, but what happened in them 10 days, it was horrible. I mean, you had to sit with myself, like yeah. with, the, with this mind, you know, mm -hmm. and um, sit with all of these things that I've pushed away for years, you know, yeah. these, these, whatever it is, and they all started rising and all of anybody or anything that's ever and it was like it was a storm it was horrible 10 days but something in me loved it or something happened in them 10 days that I can't explain like you know it just something clicked like a little glimpse and then that was the start of like okay this you meditation wanted more thing. more yeah, yeah you more got of, taste and you wanted to keep seeking whatever that was yeah the peace or, some peace happened in that time I don't know what it was yeah, and, I love um, that. 
I love, love what you're yeah. saying there, just being able to sit with yourself. And that's, when I, when I look back to every kind of, everything I was ever chasing, you know, even through the alcohol, it was just, it was an inability to sit with myself and accept myself, you know, and that's what it stemmed down to. I just couldn't stand to sit in my own skin and be with Colm, you know, I was constantly looking for distractions, whatever it was, you know, doing all these extreme things because I just couldn't bear to sit with myself and sit with them thoughts and sit with them feelings and sit whatever inner wounds or trauma that I had, you know, and my, my story is actually, funnily enough, similar to yours. And like I, I went off to Thailand about two years ago to do a K1 competition in Muay Thai. And while there, you know, I started this competition and uh, I was fucking uh, <laughs> in the hostel. I got talking to this lad who was doing a meditation retreat. And I was in recovery at this stage. It was a few years sober. So I was mad into spirituality as well, like, you know, and would meditate a good bit. So this, when this fellow said talking about this, I was very interested. In, and he said, I oh, wouldn't have to come along. And uh, I went along to this retreat and I got talking to this monk and all that. A bit, actually a guy from England. And uh, it's just something about this this monk, you know, I just found so, I could see something in his eyes, you know, just, just real drawn towards him. You know, I had this energy about him that uh, I just thought was, wow, you know, just had such an impact on me. And uh, within a few days of listening to him, you know, and doing these classes, I quit the, the, the camp, the Muay Thai camp and, uh, you know, just started like you seeking this this the, the, the meditation and the Buddhism. And I went all over Thailand, went to Vietnam and Cambodia and then down to Bali and like that, just seeking something. You know, I didn't know what it was, but I just I just wanted it. I just kept seeking it and seeking it, like you know. And uh, and then I came I came home then and I was down in Cork in a play, place called Desnabere. Uh, last summer and it's like a, a Buddhist uh, meditation center and there's an animal retreat there and I was volunteering there for the summer and uh, you know and just like that man it was just for the first time being able to sit with myself and learning about myself and oh geez so this is Colin okay and sitting with them feelings and not even putting words on them you know just feeling the feelings because I feel we can rush to put a label on a feeling rather than just sitting with it because I think because I think feelings are feelings. It's really hard to articulate. You know, we can try our best, but we'll never truly be able to describe them. So if you ask me now, like, what's going on with you? I can only pick words and try my best to describe, but only I'll truly know my feelings. And when I, when I started to sit with that and meditate into that, and that's when I started to feel a sense of kind of, you know, a sense of healing within me. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And, and you're just giving yourself space to allow whatever is arising, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. And I think uh, one of the people I follow, it gives a great analogy on, on that. It's like, a, it's like a well, you know, a well, deep in a well, it's darkness there. And every, every day the sun comes over and shines into the well for whatever it is, an hour or something. And when that light of the sun shines in there, it gives it space for all them creatures, whatever's down there to, to give themselves life. You know, it's the same with emotions, feelings. If we don't give them space or life or, um, you know, just give them the space to be there. And then they're just put back down again. And that's years and years of that thing, stuff, putting them back down. It's not very good. Then it all builds up, you know, that's how people have, you know, well, we all, when we go through like these panic attacks, that's what happens. It's just that we've been pushing them down, suppressing, suppressing for years and years. Well, that's my take on it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%, man. Yeah, that, that is the thing. Like, because we're, we're just suppressing the stuff and like the, like the opposite of depression is expression. Like, you know what I mean? And if you think the word depressed, but just depressed and 
all these feet. And I like growing up in an Irish household, that was the norm. You know, just travel in the back seat, don't worry about yeah. it. We won't talk yeah. about it. Like, you know, like and and that that's just how we got on. And then as adults, we were doing the same thing. Something mad happened, or we're feeling a certain way. Yeah, just put in the back seat. Once we always have our best foot forward, you know, it didn't matter what was going on on the on the out uh, on the inside. Once everything looked nice and shiny on the outside, you know, and as 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 I said, you know, like it's like Brown Thomas on the outside and Tesco on the inside, like you know what I mean. That we can make everything look great, and then but like that man, then panic attacks for me started to come up. Though I only got away with that for so long, then then I was having all these panic attacks and all this stuff that I was trying to bury down was just starting to come up, and it would manifest in anxiety attacks or panic attacks or the over reactions or you know it's it's like um. It's like the mouse trap, you know, like that mouse trap is already there and ready to go. And, you know, just the, the tiniest thing can set it off. And that was like me with panic attacks, man, and anxiety attacks, you know, that I found that little things could like, really push me close to the edge. Like, you know, and I was like, why, why, was, why did I, like, why did I feel like that my mental health was on such a thin thread? And it was because of all this stuff that I wasn't dealing with that was just carrying over the years because I didn't even know how to articulate or where do we start or who can I who can I actually open up to talk to about this sort of stuff like you know what I mean and and again an inability to sit with column and sit with my emotions I I I developed a cope mechanism called doing you know I just was constantly doing I went from a human being to a human doing I needed to constantly be distracted and this is actually this is why I'm in recovery like you know I kind of became a workaholic or a tra- over trainer or constantly around friends, addicted to my phone, you know, anything to just get me distracted from sitting with me and sitting with the emotions I had, you know, and you can throw a fucking lick of paint over a grizzly bear, but it's still a grizzly bear, you know, and that's what it was like yeah. in my inner emotions. I, I was just looking for any any distractions so I didn't have to sit with it, you know what I mean? And then eventually it just popped its head up, you know, them anxiety attacks, them panic attacks, you know, them breakdowns, you know, and... It was all from all this stuff that I was, I just couldn't open up about. And then when I finally got to a place where I, I learned to sit with it and, and expose all these inner emotions and feelings, it wasn't an overnight thing. It took time. It took a long time. And it wasn't, it got worse before it got better, you know, feeling these feelings that I was suppressing for so long. But I did come through it, you know, and now I'm not carrying around them massive boulders on my back, you know what I mean? That I'm able to kind of talk about stuff as it comes up, like, you know what I mean? Um, unlearning man and that was my thing I had to unlearn a lot of tools and thinking patterns and ways of getting by that I developed from a very young from a very young age you know I developed I suppose all these kind of survival tools or or ways of getting by that served me at some stage in my life but as an adult they didn't serve me anymore you know and I had to learn to drop them and unlearn a lot of old kind of thinking patterns that I had and the ways of getting by you know, and, and I suppose doing that bit of work on myself, I was able to do that. Yeah, like, I guess it's the, the conditioning, like, that we, we, uh, we're all exposed to at some point, you know, the belief system or whatever, where do they, you know, all of these things, they come from, a, not to blame our parents or our friends around us, because they were, that's just the environment we had at the time that we're in. Um, but if we can see past that, we we can break that chain, you know, for the next generation or people, you know, even just chatting now to 
lads in their 30s. Like, you know, I mean, 10 years ago. Yeah, I only went 30 America. last week, man. I, only went I know, I've seen you. You had a nice little dirty down there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too many people that know about that now. It's still, still in my 20s until I'm 35, uh, right? <laughs> but right, we'll, we'll say we'll say a lad here in his, his mid thirties, and one just just over twenty. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like it, it, just to be able to speak about these things is uh, mm. is already a step forward, you know. Like yeah, like when I was in my when I was younger, like you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you know, was well, nobody really open up and chat about these kind of things, or maybe I was, and I just wasn't aware of it. Also, you know, so that's the thing. It's, it's that. But yeah, yeah so, these. Yeah, go on. No, yeah, no, 100%. I was just going to say it's, it, it is, um, it's just about normalizing something man, and humanizing, I suppose, mental health. You know what I mean? That it, it's okay to talk about it, you know, and I think that narrative's getting out there more and more. And I suppose it's just the articulation of it as well that I didn't know, like, I didn't know that other people felt the way I did. And I never heard anyone talking about it. So that's another reason why I kept it to myself. You know, there was no one in the pub saying, here, I'm riddled with anxiety, I'm riddled with yeah. fucking low self-esteem. You know what I mean? You'd never hear that. So you'd never turn around and say, like, you know, I get that too, you know, because no one else ever talks about it. You never go into work or that's the narrative you hear in the canteen on the lunch table or you're out with the lads in the pub watching the matches. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm a little with depression, lads, you know, and, yeah. or the, or, by the way, I'm having suicidal thoughts. You know, you never yeah. hear any of this stuff, like, you know, um, a bit down the ass or at the five side or even at the family dinners, you know, it, like, where do you bring it up? Where do you even start? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why I think it's important that I, I know that I, at the moment, I'm involved with a lot of kind of uh, like volunteering around a lot of support groups um, around mental health, which is great. You know, like men's sheds or recovery meetings and, you know, addiction addiction meetings and things like this where people are regularly talking and opening up about their, their mental health. And, and it'd be great to get that out into the mainstream where people who mightn't find themselves in any of these circles, but they can also know that, look, if you are struggling with your mental health, there is places you can go to talk about it you don't have to wait for that someone to bring it up and i'm not going to bring it up till he brings it up and then it's never brought up and we, we never talk about it we just throw it in the back seat and just assume that it's, it's okay to feel like this you know but there is always help out there you know there's like loads of mental health phone lines even to ring up and just to start the conversation because it can be so hard and so lonely when we feel like we're the only well, like when i was going through i felt like i was the only person that was going through depression or going through anxiety, you know, I never felt comfortable being able to kind of open up or talk to anyone because I never else, ever heard anyone else talking about it. But then as soon as I did, it was like, well, oh yeah, I got that too. Oh yeah, I got that too, you know. And then then this is how we kind of normalize it when people say, look, it's all right. And, uh, you know, I do that now. I, I try even with family or with friends and just be able to kind of say, how are you today? So, to be honest, I'm kind of feeling a bit anxious, like, you know, or this or that. And, being able to be a bit more kind of open with, with how I'm feeling, like, you know, and not to be afraid to say, yeah, actually, I'm actually seeing a therapist at the moment, or, yeah, I'm actually, you know, and whatever, whatever it is, you know, and even I get that down to 44, when I'm talking to people in the city, you know, no one's afraid to say, yeah, do you know what, I've been pain in me hole today, so stressed out, walk, was doing my head in, just needed to get a seat, if, you know, and now I feel great, and, you know, just being able to talk like that is great, you know, or people to be able to say, yeah, do you know what, I've been pain in me hole, and life isn't good to me today, I'm really struggling, 
I, I know I'll be okay and I know I'll get by this, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'll be okay, you know, and I love kind of hearing that kind of talk, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great that you, like, whatever avenue that you can take, there's a lot now, well, I hope there is more and continues to be more, but it's 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 definitely more in the, the spotlight, the, the mental health in Ireland. As far as I can gather, I haven't been in Ireland for the past few years, but I know before I left, it was starting to get more, people are being more open about it, and that's very, very good things are happening in that kind of way. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, so you can't away from your story, man, but I love all these rabbit holes you got down with, with all good, man. It's, and it's, philosophy. It's just part of it. It's all good stuff, though. So, right, you're in the spiritual lands of Leitrim, is it? Or Where Laos? Was... <laughs> When you were I was in Laos. Laos, sorry, yeah, it was, the spiritual we're, we're, monastery, more spiritual than <laughs> fucking lords or not. Uh, no, but anyway, yeah, coming out of coming out of that, like there was some, um, there was a glimpse there, and and then I, um, I was obviously looking for um, a place. I didn't know at the time. I want somehow. I wanted to go deeper into this meditation thing. And um, I had a bit of money saved or whatever from the poker that was in my account. So I was like, I'm just going to live off that for whenever, you know what I mean? So I've done a bit of traveling and, and I heard about this place in France and they also had 10 day silent retreats happening. So I applied to go there actually to do a three month volunteering thing. But they told me, oh, you have to do a 10 day silent retreat first. And I thought, no worries. I already done one of these. This will be easy, you know? So I went there and they actually had yoga involved in it, like Hatha yoga, the asanas, like moving the body. And I didn't never really done any of that before. That was two and a half years ago. And uh, and it was a totally different experience than the first one I'd done. Even probably harder somehow, because my body wasn't, I was a lot heavier than I am today. Like I was a lot of weight on me then. And I don't know, I just struggled. But even then it was enjoyable somehow at the end. And I was staying for three months after there in this place which now was where I reside usually, but uh, obviously because of COVID and being back in Ireland, but uh, yeah. You've done like a 10 day retreat that turned into three months and now it's, <laughs> uh, and now we've been there for nearly three years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Uh, basically uh, I would consider it my home. Like it's a spiritual community there, but it's more than so that. that like what, what is it like that? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a yogi yogi retreat outside of outside of um, Leon, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's about an hour outside of Leon. Um, you fly into Leon's about an hour there. They have a center in Mexico as well. It's called Hardaya. Um, yeah, that's derived from uh, Vantanta, isn't it? Yeah, well, Hardaya is a Sanskrit word for the heart, meaning the heart. So it's all based around just being open, and obviously, we have the yoga philosophy, and it's a meditation and yoga school. And um, and like what yeah, what so, is yoga philosophy? Um, well, I mean, yoga itself is the science of yoga. Like it's year, thousands of years. You know, it does not only what we know today through yoga. Like what you what if I said to you, or I don't know, we ma or you know, they just see it as an exercise kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, whereas you're moving the body, and yeah, you're doing a bit of exercise. Whereas it originally, it's an original uh, as a spiritual practice to move in the energies within the body to align, quieten the mind, to to make the mind 
fluctuations of the mind quieting down where you can sit in meditation without all of this movement happening that's at the mm. yoga like the movement of the body there's many forms of yoga there's there's a the yoga of knowledge you know just of like you know who are we really you know diving deep into that question who am i like there's the i won't go too deep into like the the ins and outs of it then there's like devotional yoga which is called bhakti yoga people that chant or sing you know you probably see like the likes of people Hare krishnas and stuff like that's what you consider bhakti yoga devotional but there's all mm. different branches of yoga but they all lead to the same thing and it's a union between the mind body and spirit you know yeah yeah back into back into alignment in a way um so yeah when i when i arrived there i didn't know any of this stuff you know like it was two and a half years i i was a lad grew up in ali firm and moved to lucan you know and i say like <laughs> That was a far cry away from any yogi. And, yeah, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, they didn't do yoga back then, did they? In, in Bali, <laughs> Bali yoga. Bali yoga. Yeah, no, but uh, something was fascinating about because I've always, and going back to the poker thing, I've always been fascinated by how people, the mind, you know what I was saying about strategy and stuff. I'm not saying that yoga is anything like poker, but, you know, the mind, you know, we study philosophy of yoga so it, it goes into like how the mind what is the mind first of all how does it work you know all of these basically what you touched on also it's called we call them samskaras in the yoga philosophy which is like um, subconscious tendencies what you were talking about earlier about going back into these things you know and we all have these tendencies the mind will always keep going in loops and the loops assumptions and, and the yeah, different things you have these subconscious tendencies and and you probably notice in your life, as many people, and I've noticed myself, things will keep coming into your life or patterns or whatever will keep until you, you address them or until it's, until you've learned the lesson from it in a way, you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that's something from Buddhism, isn't it? The way they reincarnation, that you'll, you'll keep, uh, you'll keep going over your, your same patterns until you learn to overcome them and not give in to them the desires. Because they say like, all suffering stems from desire, you know, and that we can all learn to overcome whatever that that craving is, you know, that will keep uh, we'll keep re-experiencing the same suffering. Like if you keep getting into like toxic relationships, or if you keep, you know, um, you know, meeting judgmental people or angry people, or if you keep say what having these negative situations in your life, that's because you're not uh, dealing with them in the right manner. I, I don't know. This was from what I know from Buddhism. And that they'll keep the universe will keep putting them in front. Like if I'm a judgmental person and the universe is a giant mirror, I'll keep meeting judgmental people until I can learn to deal with my my own judgment. Like you know what I mean? Or if you're an angry person or whatever you kind of attract into your life is something that you need to work on yourself. Because if if you spot it, you got it. You know. <laughs> now this is I'm I'm wouldn't be too I don't know so much about Buddhism. I've I've studied a bit of it, but like. I think all these traditions, they all kind of have similar, um, how would you say, like philosophies in a way. Mm. Not all, maybe you'll read some of them, you know, and spiritual traditions, they're a bit different, but in the same, they're all pointing back to the same thing, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, this is it. There's the circle of life, you know, whatever, if you believe in reincarnation or whatever, it doesn't matter. In this life, whatever, the one that you have now, you'll see these patterns, as you say, 
if you're in toxic relationships or if you have problems with certain people or you look at certain way or the thoughts they just keep continuing until you either just observe them or start questioning where did these beliefs come from where you know that's what i i started to do like where where were all of these ideas or beliefs that i had when i was in my teens or from all of these addictions i had what was it what was i searching for you know and mm. it's like the same thing i always looking for ha- always looking for happiness in the wrong things i think you, yeah. kind of, uh, you know it's like i always wanted money or you know relationship or you know when i had this then this will make me happy you know and it's i know it's the cliche of like but when you turn all that attention inwards and that's when you you realize that you can only make it the happiness only comes from yourself nobody else can go and put it in inside of you they might they might be a trigger for it like a relationship or you know a nice car whatever it is it might trigger your happiness for a certain amount of time but in the end it'll either make you miserable or it's going to go anyway so yeah that's it's so true isn't it i'm reading the book now we were only talking about it you know where uh, victor frankl's um man search for meaning and uh it's you know he talks about you know that whatever we get the happy from whatever we get attached to that gives us our happy you know has the power to take away the happy that whatever we're given that power to so you say your job is your sense of purpose what happens then when you retire you, you become depressed you know or if your looks are your sense of beauty and your sense of happiness then what happens when we start to get old and, and we might start to lose them looks uh, would that mean that you're no longer you're no longer a beautiful person, you know, which is not the case, or your your success? Or I bought a brand new car, you know. Eventually, then that car got older, and able rock up with a nicer car. Does that mean you're no longer successful, like you know? And it's like whatever we whatever we give this thing, as you said, the belief system. That my belief is, oh, if I get a you know, if we get like, if we get really fit, then I'll be happy. Or if we get loads of money, then I feel successful. You know, and this is the belief system that I've incorporated, and then I do that, and maybe I might be happy for a day or two, but that gratification will wear away. You know, when I have one million, I want two million, and onto ten million. So, I for me, I needed to not put like, as they say, all my eggs in one basket when it came to happiness and purpose. It's like the the villagers that live, the villagers that live next to the river. That that river is when that's flowing and that's full of water, happy days. You know what I mean? It'll always be flourishing with water. But when the drought, when the drought comes along and there's no more water, does that mean they all the body all perish from thirst? You know, so it, it so like me and my 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 form of happiness that I have to learn to not put all my happiness into one thing or not to develop all these um, you know, that this will make me happy. You know, or that will make me happy. You know, and I'm finding finding a sense of purpose. A meaning in things and, and one of them things i suppose are, are the things i can't measure today they're the things that make me happy the things that my ego can't measure or compare things like nature things like meditation things like helping other people you know things like the sea you know i can't put a measure on these things and they're usually the things that help me the most but i can put a measure on money i can put a measure on like 
uh, the amount of fucking you know followers you might get on Instagram, or you can put a measure on how big your house is, or how new your car is, you know, or how how much money's in your bank account. You know, these are all things that I can measure and compare, and and they're the things that I can get attached to and say, right, my happiness is if this is going my way, then I'm happy. But if it's not going my way, that means I'm unhappy. You know, and like you said, I'm I have this belief system, and I'm putting my 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 happiness into this thing, like you know. Yeah, it's and it's two of the in in yoga the plus and we have called clashes. There's five clashes which causes suffering. Very similar, and what you said is basically two of them: aversion or attachment and aversion. Like so, things we get attached to, you know, will make us suffer, and then things we push away. You know, like oh, I don't like this situation. I don't like that person. I don't like this. I don't like. You know, it's likes and dislikes. You know, where we're always trying to ourselves always I, lo- I, I like this but if you just accept things sometimes like not all the time there's certain situations but just accepting all experience that arises I mean it's hard to do all the time I'm not saying I'm I'm doing that all the time but there's a lot of space that comes with that you know like I don't know there's and I th- guess that's coming from the meditation like two and a half years now where I started and I'm still just learning you know it's like this every time you sit down and get I get less there's less frustration and and anxiety or anxious that arises but when I started to sit in meditation for 10 minutes or a half an hour I couldn't sit still man that's crazy you know like uh, it's the body we're just not you like as you said we're we're just doing 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 we're we're not used to just sitting still and letting whatever arises arise and just watch it as we touched on earlier to be that observer that's one of the the major things also in yoga this this witnessing this, this total um non-judgmental just allowing witnessing of thoughts emotions uh feel whatever it is in in the meditation or images yeah. just let it all out you know so like you're you're saying if you have a like if you have it say label bad thought or label good thought like don't label them at all just let them come in and let them flow out and just as you said be the observer be like the guy sitting down on the grass looking at the clouds you know the same way you look at your thoughts and this thought comes in and says you're not worthy you're not good enough or you don't look good or you don't have enough money you know just look at them we all get them thoughts just just look at them gone by as if you would clouds in the sky like you know it's as soon as we attach to one of them thoughts and start to identify with them then that's like we started to take that as yeah that's a fact I don't, I don't I'm not good enough and yeah that's a fact I don't look good enough or that's a fact I'm not a, a good person you know but when we can just watch them thoughts come in and out and just the head doing what it's doing and, and not the and that is the thing like non-judgment like that's that's the and that's it like self-inquiry and, and, and non-judgment like and that that can be the hard bit you know because I can be this I can have that inner critic in my head that's constantly in the back of my head, you know, giving myself a hard time because I have this uh, perfectionism in me, you know what I mean? That what I do, you know, or the, the, or, or how I do it isn't good enough, you know what I mean? That I constantly have this critic that's following me around with a whip. No, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. But if you you done it, I'd be like, that's amazing, man. That's brilliant. Fair play to it. But when I done it, I just can't give myself that bit of credit or let myself off the hook. So it's that thing again of being kind to myself and let that inner critic in my head, the kind of 
like not give him the mic, not let it, not to let him run the show. You know what I mean? And uh, but there's days when you're feeling low and you start to attach to them thoughts, and before you know, and that's the thing. You know, like you are our feelings lead to thoughts, and our thoughts leads to our behaviors. But if I don't like, if I stop it where the feeling starts, if I'm feeling anxious, I tend to have anxious thoughts, and if I have anxious thoughts, it might lead to anxious behaviors. You know what I mean? But where at the start when I'm having them anxious thoughts, you know, just, just sit with them and, and feel them. And, and, and not label them in a judgmental manner, you know, just let them come in and let them come out. And it is, it's a hard practice, you know, and, it, you know, it's, it's really hard to do sometimes, you know, to, just to be able to watch your thoughts and to sit with yourself, you know, because I can still, I can still struggle to sit with myself, you know what I mean? I'll be like, all right, if I go, I'll sit here and then I'll be sitting there and I'll be looking at the other chair going, no, maybe I'll sit there and then I'll sit over there. No, maybe it was comfortable back where I was sitting and I'll move back to, you know, rather than just stay where you are sit with yourself sit with what's going on and and it's not comfortable it's not always comfortable and it's not always um you know it's not always a nice thing at the time but it's always beneficial you know it's always beneficial to be able to kind of just sit down and sit with whatever is going on like you know and uh, and and sometimes yeah it can be hard work but that's where the good ages are at like in the hard work uh, being being able to sit with yourself, being able to meditate, and true, I suppose true doing that today that I, I became a place where I like who I am today, and I like the thoughts that go through my head. And you know, I remember hearing this old analogy about mental health, and it's like saying your your, your mental health's like a it's like a bad neighborhood, like you know what I mean. You you shouldn't hang in there on your own, you know. And but when you start to do that work on yourself, you know all the all the bodies that might be hanging around that neighborhood start to clear it out and it becomes a lot safer place to be like you know and that was the case like when I was really struggling with my mental health you know my, my thinking was so savage like this savage vicious predict in my head that we and he was he was the gospel he spoke gospel through everything he said was a fact you know and I, I heard all these analogies for a uh, fear you know one is future events appearing real or false evidence appearing real or false expectations appearing real you know where we get these assumptions and just go with them and I found out when my mental health was really low, I attached, I got more attracted. It was like I was addicted to the pain that my natural default was self-pity, like, you know what I mean? And uh, needing to, I was very lucky that I got out of that, but it's, it's just mad how we can how we can get into that, like, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I guess just even in the noticing of that, you know, because when you bring the unconscious to the conscious, there's just, you know, even just when people start to notice, oh, there is a, there is this, voice or whatever you want to call it the, yeah. the mind and and i noticed that there's a stepping away from that you know what i mean there's a yeah there's a there's an openness there that you can you've seen that there's there's a voice you know because for many many people they don't even realize that they're they're going around their day very unconscious getting ruled by this voice in their head so just even the noticing that that's one thing that i would say to people is just to be able to sit down even for five minutes and 10 minutes a day, because people are always on the go, just to sit down. You don't even need to call a meditation. You can just sit down. You don't need to sit in a cross-legged position, can be in it anywhere and just close your eyes and notice that you're not going to sit, your mind's not going to be blank. Like meditation is not getting nothing to come through your head because, you know, I mean, it happens where you'll have states of total stillness, but at the start, it's like, you know, there is so much there that you don't realize in your day today because you're going around all the time and there's so much things happening. When you sit down with yourself, you realize 
there is many different thoughts that are happening. And just the realization of that, just the observing the stepping away, zooming out, whatever you want to call it, that's the start. That's that's that for me was a big start. Like I, I love that. And what yeah. like what um what kind of stuff did you have you learned in this um what would you say it, it, it it's a yogi uh the study of, of yogi or, or study of yoga? It's, it's a, it's a meditation and yoga school. Now I did serve, like I served in the in the kitchen there for two years, but I also stood, like I also done some te- the teacher training there. And, you know, we have many, as when you're part of the community, you can go to the lectures, you can go to the classes, you can go to uh, anything that's on, basically. It's a, it's a beautiful place there. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a strong community of uh, around 30 to 40 people when they're open. Obviously we're not open now, but... Uh, and as you said earlier, just surrounding yourself, we were talking about with people, like that was a big, big thing, like 30 or 40 people there with the same mindset. You know, uh, that doesn't mean problems don't arise just because you're in this community. They do, but it's just they're dealt with easier with people that I are that. open, yeah. you know, so it's... Um, I suppose it's, it's about deve- developing um, a sense of resilience, you know, that's not, um, you know, being able to kind of extract the tools that we've learned from these kind of environments and bring them back into like i'd say it was a big it was a big transition for you going from this very gentle kind of vibe uh in in, in southern france in the, in the in the yogi retreat and bringing that home to, to luke and to the to the family and being able to kind of pra- practice it at home like i'd say that was a, a bit of a a bit of a test for you yeah man it's it's funny you, you say touched on that yeah because you know you think in that when you're in that environment you know it's very easy to be open and you know living from this space of this yeah openness i would say it's more there's less of this contraction and then coming home you know you don't want to change um you don't want to try and change people around you because then they start to think like who you know well this is from my own experience i've seen that i did at the start say like oh look at this way of life you know but people have their own journey. I can only be myself. And if they see a change in me, if they ask me questions, then I can come to them from that space, not saying, like, I think you should do this. I think, it. Mm. now don't get me wrong, I still do sometimes. <laughs> I realize I'm saying something, like, whereas I'd say it to somebody else, you know, but it's not my place to say sometimes what people should and shouldn't do. But one thing that a major change that I would recommend if people are, suffering from mental health or feeling a bit down one thing that really changed for me was when i changed my diet like that was like probably the biggest thing on top of all everything else of course but such a i got such a shift from i was eating so bad you know when you're not feeling great you want to eat a lot of shitty foods and all like that and uh, when i changed my diet that also changed my mental state you know I'm sure you've had that yourself yeah. you felt that yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, like over, the, over the years, I think, uh, I suppose when I first came into recovery, you know, over, over the years, I, I kind of did develop a kind of a craving for shitty food, you know what I mean? That I'd, I'd crave like sugar and uh, sugar and uh, and, and high calorie food. And I was already talking to my friend about this a few weeks ago. He's a, he's a recovering, uh, he's actually a recovering heroin addict. And he, he was laughing, said he, he put down the spoon and he picked up the fork, like, you know, uh, in, 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 in talking about was he developed like an eating disorder and I, I could identify a lot with that like you know that I was craving sugar but again I was, I was just eating my emotions like I was just craving all these bad foods man and 
It wasn't until I went and seen a nutritionist and, you know, my diet got a whole lot better that I started to feel a whole lot better. Because it's that thing, you are what you eat. And if you eat garbage, you're going to feel garbage. You know, if you're, like, if you went out to your car and you started putting crap in your car, and next thing you're breaking down on the M50 or you're breaking down going for the spin, you know, that's because you're putting crap in your car. But if you're putting crap in your body and you're having breakdowns in the middle of your job or in the middle of your relationship or in traffic jams, that's because you're putting the crap in your body, like, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's all about the fuel we put in, like, you know, if we're putting in good, healthy, nutritious food, you know, we'll feel a lot better, like, and that's what, for me, it comes down to three simple things when it comes to my physical health, like, you know, that makes me feel great, is drinking loads of water, eating very well, and sleeping very well. You know, if them three things are good, I, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what the circumstances are, if those three things are okay, I, I'll feel great. But if everything, all the circumstances in my life are amazing and I'm not eating right, I'll feel bad. If all the circumstances are amazing and I'm not sleeping right, I don't feel good. If all these circumstances are amazing and I'm not drinking loads of water, I feel crap. You know, so it's, it's once they're my like, three basic non-negotiables. If I'm eating good, sleeping good and, and drinking loads of water, I, I feel great, like, you know. Yeah, they're a good. They're a good. Uh, a good start. Yeah, definitely sleep. Also, uh, that one. When I don't know if you're with yourself, but when I was, you know, when you're having a bit of uh, issues with mental health or whatever, you t- I think people tend to stay up later. And well, I couldn't sleep at sometimes. Actually, suffering with some panic attacks back in the day. But uh, my sleep was suffering, you know. And then, then I realized when I started to get more, like when I was getting more sleep and going to bed a bit earlier, definitely. This was also a huge thing that the shift, you know what I mean? These small, small things we can change, you know, that can be, be a huge difference. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Um, but it is it's 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 just them, them little little sort of changes, like you know, just trying to like eat a bit better. And like, were you in, introduced to a new diet what when you got over to France? And yeah, how well, were you like? Um, well, over there, it's all vegetarian and all organic food, like in the place. Um, and, and what like tips really, would you give, give to someone now, like that, what are interested in changing their diet? Like, well, first thing I wouldn't like what I done was quite like not extreme, but you know, like people think when they hear, Oh, you should change your diet, I see it a lot, like just going straight, like okay, I'm cutting out all the sugar, all of this, all of that, you know, I've done it myself and it can work, but, you know, make small changes, you know, just start with small things, not only with diet, but just even with, say, the likes of you, if you feel interested in doing a bit of meditation, you know, there's plenty of apps out there now for just 10 minutes, five minutes a day, if that's how you want to start, same with changing your food, like just change one meal a day to be, well, if you want to eat meat, eat meat, whatever you want, but vegetarian food I eat, like, you know, just good, healthy food in that meal. And then slowly, maybe a week or two later, you can see how it goes. Everybody's different, you know. Yeah. With small yeah. changes, because, you know, as we are, this society, we always want everything now, you know, like, yeah, fast, everything you yesterday. know, everything like, yeah, yesterday. So, like, uh, I'm, I've been there and I still do it myself, you know, like, I want it now, like, but, you know, it's, it's a slow process, you know the changes that can happen in, in and mine has been two and a half nearly three years now since i started to change my diet and lifestyle you know and i feel like i'm only start like it's just learning baby steps you know like 
And yeah. if I can help just one or two people see beyond like how they're feeling, because I was overweight and uh, also, as we touched, like not feeling great in a bad place and all that. And they just changed a few small things and slowly, slowly start talking to a few people. Like there's always better things to come, you know what I mean? There's, there's definitely um, the up, you know what I mean? Uh, I love that. And, and like, I love, like you, you touched on it at the start, you know, surrounding yourself with, with good people, good positive people, like, you know, and that if you want to be somewhere, you know, surround yourself with them types of people, like, you know, whatever, every, every, every good food you eat today, uh, any good person you hang around with today, you know, any fucking, um, you know, any kind of positive podcast you listen to, you know, any bit of exercise you go on, they're all, that's planting healthy seeds today. And you, you talked about it, like we want everything. We want the forest today. We don't want the seeds today. But if we plant them healthy seeds today, that forest is going to flourish in a few years time. You know what I mean? That if I'm surrounding myself with goodness, good diet, good people, people that are going to serve and empower me. And then in the, in the long term, that will start to manifest in my life. You know, all the podcasts that I listen to are positive, you know, they're, they're motivational, they're self-development stuff, you know, investing in myself and any kind of successful people that I, I listen to, like the likes of Tony Robbins, you know, Pat Dively, you know, all these guys that I, I, I really look up to, you know, they, they always talk about education, but not in the education, the academia way, more in the self-development way that we're always learning, that we're always seeking, like, like you, you were seeking something. You had a connection with something, something very deep. And you said, oh, we want more of this. Oh, we've had a little taste. And we want more of whatever this is. You know what I mean? You went chasing. You went chasing those cookies, whatever it was, man. You went chasing the world for that, that cookie jar, you know. But you went seeking. And that's the thing, man. We're always seeking. Even if we're seeking something, then down the line, we might change part. We might go down seeking something else. But the thing is that we're always growing and we're always learning. So for me today, it's like I'm, all, I'm planting healthy seeds for tomorrow. You know what I mean? And uh, they always say, right, how can, I, how can I better myself today? And if I'm going to compare myself to anyone, I'll compare myself to the guy I was yesterday. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the only person I compare myself to because you can spend all day comparing yourself to people all over the place. But like, what's the, there's only one version of you. You're, you're the best version of you out there. So why even bother comparing? It's like a goldfish going... Geez, that monkey's a much better climber than I am. Or a goldfish, they're the monkey going, geez, that goldfish is a great swimmer. You know, but we all have different attributes and different skills. And it's about learning. What are your attributes? What are your skills? You're unique to this planet. There's no one else on this planet like you here. So master that. Master your uniqueness. You know, celebrate your uniqueness. Like, you know, and then when I, when I started to realize that, I was like, yeah, we damn fucking unique. We am special. And I want to start investing in that. You know what I mean? I want to start seeking things that interest me and, and stop living in a way to make someone else accept me. You know, because my whole life, I was always trying to get people just to accept me and trying to fit in, you know. And I remember when I was younger, you know, I used to listen to like this dance music and I couldn't stand it, you know, like all these heavy techno music. And like, I'm, I'm, I love the Beatles, I love Stone Roses, you know, I love Beck and Pink Floyd, you know, and Nirvana, you know, all these all these bands that I love, but it was so frightening to listen to around the lads because I thought they'd judge me or reject me, you know. And and I remember like just thinking to myself, like, and, and like imagine down the line looking back at your life, you're on your deathbed or whatever, and you're like, I wish we only could listen to the music we wanted. 
rather than listening to the music we wanted you to listen to. And that's like my analogy for life now, is to say, am we listening to the music that I want or am we listening to the music that you like? You know, and that was the thing. When we got to a stage and I realized I don't have to hide anymore or pretend to be someone else, I started to blare my music as loud as we could. And that, that's an analogy. I don't go around blaring music. You nervous have gone mad, but what I'm trying to say you're is... You've gone around with speakers in your pocket. Yeah, the, the boom box, Pink Floyd, I wish you were here. But uh, you know what I'm trying to... I'm using it as a kind of metaphor for whatever you want to be, whatever whatever it is, don't be afraid to be it. Don't be afraid to celebrate your uniqueness, celebrate your weirdness, celebrate you because you're fucking special and there's no one, no better version of you out there, you know? That's, yeah, that's, I mean... There's nothing, yeah, as you said, like, there's just, just be yourself, like, that. and yeah. I guess a lot of people in life, I mean, maybe some not, but, like, yeah, we do spend a lot of time before we realise that, and then we're like, all right, just be myself, doesn't matter, I don't care really anymore, you know what I mean? But one thing I will say is that um, talking about all of that, about um, making changes to things, and maybe, like, planting seeds, which is, I think definitely necessary but also the change always just happens now like I know that's the also cliche like the power of now like but now also start now like you know I think you were saying to me the other day about you know uh, that saying I can't remember what you said to me but it was great like one day or or today or was it that I can't remember uh, one day oh. or day one it's uh, how, day how one, yeah, that's how you said yeah, it's how this podcast started, actually. A man, in the, a mysterious man that I've actually never seen since uh, said that. I was down to 40 for me. We were just floating, and I just got talking to this random guy, and uh, I was telling him about this goals list, and I'm going to start a podcast, I want to do an Iron Man, I want to do all these things. And he's like, well, you want to ask yourself, are you going to say day one or one day? And uh, was it one day or day one, you know? He's like, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be day one. And, uh, yeah, that's how the podcast started. So, yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, that and that's it. Like just from this, you know, you know, this moment, we can always just be in that in this moment. You know, there's not we're so used to projecting the future or mm. you know our past events. But if we literally just live in this moment, there's there's nothing really that can touch us now. You know, yeah, it's so true, man. And like I like, and that was I suppose one of the biggest. Um, you know that that was one of the biggest lies that I was living my, for most of my life. That. I was sacrificing today because I thought tomorrow would be better. That I was never in the moment now. And I suppose that's the whole kind of uh, materialism kind of ideology that we live in, that when that thing tomorrow will be much better than the moment we're in now. And I could never enjoy now because I was always saying, I want to get over there, I'll be happier. When I get that thing, I'll be happier. When I get that outcome, I'll be happier. And just total destination addiction, you know? Whereas I was never kind of able to be in the moment and be with myself now and be in the present, you know. And when I started to realize then that you're never happy at tomorrow because you only have now, we only have this present moment, like, you know what I mean? And to be able to live more in the now and in the moment was a game changer, you know. And there's a great book I read, uh, Edgar Toll, you know, The Power of the Now. You know, he talks about it, that all we have is the present moment. And I think it's in a Disney film. I think it's in a Kung Fu Panda Man. Just so much wisdom Disney films. It's more more wisdom than the Bible nearly in them uh, in them in them Disney films. But that you know, the, the turtle's talking to the panda <laughs> and uh, he's like saying to him, like the the future is a mystery, history the past is history, but the present is a gift. 
and that's why it's called a gift. That's why it's called a present. And that's all we have, man. You know, that's all we have is just this, this present moment that we're in, like, you know, and we don't have tomorrow and we don't have yesterday. All we have is this present moment state that we're in and to try and make the most of it. And, you know, Buddhism, you know, that we're talking, they talk about like living in the day and also 12-step programs talk about one day at a time. Live every day like it's your last day. You go for that seed as if it's your last ever seed. Meet up with your friends like it's the last time you'll ever see them. Embrace your family, you know, embrace your hobbies, embrace what you want to do. Just like it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing that we can take we can take today for granted because we're already uh, already already waiting for tomorrow. And people saying, oh, when lockdown finishes, I can't wait for this. Or when lockdown finishes, I can't wait for that. Use lockdown as a place that, like we were saying, plant them seeds. And when the lockdown does uh, finish, then forever will, that we'll have all these nice little trees growing from the healthy seeds that we planted today. You know what I mean? And just being able to live in the moment and be present, you know, and I suppose that was one of the, 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 the realizations and also one of the most difficult things that I've, 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 I've came across was living in the present and being in the moment because there's so many things out there to help you not be in the present and to help yeah. you distract you from being in the moment. So it is, it's a constant uh, self-inquiry and constantly observing yourself, getting distracted by all the, the nice shiny things out there constant reminder I think as well you know I'm I'm still doesn't matter I don't know I'm, I'm sure that people practicing meditation or mindfulness many years and they still get caught you know like because I think it's less time now that I feel myself getting caught you know it could have been I get upset or annoyed for a week and over somebody's saying something or done something you know now maybe I catch myself after half an hour or an hour still you know thinking about it and then realize okay coming back you know and it, it's just this constant coming back to yourself back into the moment you know one of the things in that book the power now that is a great tool that i find is if you take an ordinary like thing that we do on a on a day-to-day -day basis it can be brushing your teeth it can be whatever making your breakfast or having a shower and every day that you do it be make sure you're fully present in that like all the sensations that are happening if you're having a shower or brushing your teeth what's like the temp you know like be fully mm. and slowly that starts to creep into all different um areas of your life you know and then you start becoming more present in in everything then you're doing yeah. you know what i mean yeah that for me it was a great great tool yeah just like well, yeah like that just washing your hands or, even though you find like just sometimes we can't meditate in the morning and like just again just my mind's racing and I can, I can struggle just to sit myself and i find there's, there's active forms of meditation like being just being mindful like meditation is a an activity that you might do throughout for a certain small period of time but i find mindfulness is something you can tr do throughout the day where you're just mindful or even lack of mind for, for a better word you know where you're just in the present moment that you're not in that that thinking primal tool that we have as our minds that we touched on earlier where you're just in the moment and like i find even at the moment going in spring man the birds are so loud like you know even i'd sit on the balcony in the morning it's like an orchestra you know what i mean i'm sitting there with my coffee listening to these birds and i just make my business to just be present with this noise with this beautiful harmony that i'm i'm listening to you know or when i go for a walk i'm, I'm kind of observing noticing things and it wasn't until i started doing this mindful walk and i'm like jesus was this three hours in my front garden you know what i'm only <laughs> noticing stuff for the first uh, time 
you know, because yeah. I've never been present. Like how many times have we drove to work about a half an hour journey and we can't think, we can't remember a bit of the drive because we were in our heads, I oh, just want to make my dinner later or I just I better pay the ESB or I better text your mom back. You know, we're in our heads worrying about things and we're never in the present moment, you know? So taking that as an opportunity to be mindful, like what's my surroundings? What can I observe? Can I, what can I notice around me today? You know, when I do that now, when done lately, you know, I'm looking around, what can I see around me? You know, when I'm walking the piers or looking out the ocean or over a hold or out with the boat, you know, constantly noticing around me, you know, being more and more, and I notice myself going into my head, worrying about DSB again, and I come back to the present moment and I'm, I'm hearing the here and now, you know, and uh, if my electricity gets cut, gets cut off now, I blame, <laughs> uh, blame meditation for it, <laughs> but uh, and mindfulness for it. But you know yeah. what I mean, man? And just little simple things like that. And then that if I cut off the supply of the thoughts, you know, I, they can't bother me. You know what I mean? If I'm having them really sharp, negative thoughts, you know, if I'm in the present moment, you know, they just can't come. It's like trying to take the plug out of the TV. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm in the here and now, away from them thoughts, that that that, that chattering mind just can't, uh, can't, can't be powered. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've no conscious, I'm not paying conscious attention to it to the mind but again it's practice man it's like building up your bicep in the gym the more you do it and the more resilience and perseverance and consistency you do with this exercise the better you'll get it out like practice makes perfect so it's just a little starting off small and you can go when you go out for a walk just notice your surroundings what noises do you hear what what color are the cars what years are the cars you know what what you know can you see a trend you know no to play these little games in your head to make you more in the moment the more present like how many count the amount of dogs you might see in a walk or you know little, 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 these little things that just make you more uh, more in the moment the more present like you know yeah it's mad the way you said about like having not seen a tree in your garden you know like i've walked into town I don't know how many times in my life. And, you know, recently I was there and I was looking around like, Jesus, were, all, were the buildings always this beautiful? Like, you know, or the, the architecture. And like, I really, I, I don't remember the last time I really took time to like look at them. But just recently, uh, when I when I came back at Christmas there, I was in town, like walking around, having a look at them. And such beautiful uh, buildings we have there. And But obviously when you're not in, when you become more conscious of these things, you like, more aware as you said so catching yourself looking at a tree in your garden or the buildings mm. in town doesn't matter what it is yeah it's mad isn't yeah. it and like mad, yeah. do, you, do you think you'll ever go back to poker no i mean as a hobby i i can see myself like um dabbling in in it but the lifestyle there doesn't really match with the lifestyle that i'm living now not that there's anything wrong with it i'm not saying you know these things whatever you want to do but I do love the strategy and the competition side of things. I always was into that kind of, but now I'm just looking to get back to France as soon as we can, whenever that might be, I don't know what will happen there, but uh, yeah, for now I'm in Ireland and uh, just with the family and uh, yeah, just also, as you said, like just putting these things which I've learned into action and just trying to, trying to live here at the moment and see what happens not 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 planning on playing poker though yeah i love that man fair play it's it's and it's some journey being on like from going to like professional yeah poker player to going to like study uh yoga in a in a in a 
kind of in a retreat in, in France for, for two and a half years, man. It's, it's a beautiful journey, man, isn't it? You go from the whole materialism to the to spiritualism. Yeah, but I and in that there's still some spiritual materialism that's that's still there. You know, it's it's like you know, of course you're, it's only you're wearing the you're wearing the Gucci robe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, so, but what I mean, what I mean is, you know, like trying to gather all of these like the spiritual, like I don't want to say knowledge, but you know, like trying to eat all of the information that you get, like about these things, because when when you start to learn about these things. And I was fascinated and I still am, but I took kind of taken a step back since being home at Christmas, just just back into normal life here, you know, nothing changes. It's just the inner inner realm, you know, changes. There's more peace there. The journey from playing poker and uh, practicing yoga in the room now in the mornings, like it's, <laughs> it's a bit different. So but, uh, yeah, beautiful. The knowledge that you you have you have now, what um when you were going through, I suppose, that, that breakdown uh, a couple of years ago, what advice would you go back and tell yourself? It's a good question. Um, I would just tell myself to trust, trust in myself, you know, just trust in... Yeah, because there's a lot of doubt, you know, a lot of things, but like, and also just... Um, follow follow the path like the, as i said the, what led me here is that whatever happened you know i can't ch- i wouldn't change it now like looking back of course there's many regrets that people have in life but they they got they get you where you are you know just to trust just trust what's happening is as you we spoke about earlier i know the universe or whatever you want to call it the the quantum field that were you know this big energy ball and this consciousness and um, has its plan and and we're just sitting on a ride, you know, just observing what's happening. Yeah, I love that, man. That, that is a, that's when I found was a game changer for me. When I stopped being the driver and started being the passenger, you know, my own destiny, man, you know, that I'm not running the show, I'm not driving this this bus, you know, just to sit back and observe where this journey's taking me. And, and you, you live a lot easier and you sleep a lot better when you're you're not running the universe, you know, when you're just, you just realize you're just the, yeah, just a pastor on this journey, you know. Yeah, man, that that was also a big one for me. I mean, still, it's you know, you you feel like oh, I I we have to make choices because you know we have to seem mm-hmm. like we're, we're doing. We can make plans, but if they don't work out, you know, that's just the way it is. What yeah. what can you do? Like, yeah. I think the one big one big thing that someone told me before that really was an eye opener for me is like, you don't pump the blood around into your heart. You don't like make all your organs work like there's there's no you actually doing that you know what i mean so there's that's just all happening you know the body is such a an instrument that all of that's happening it's the same it's the inner the body and and what's happening outside it's the same thing yeah just on a smaller it. scale yeah a, and that's it the cycles in nature man you, you're not making your hair grow you're not making your hair pump you know like and look at the sea the tide comes in the tide goes out you know it's all these uh cycles of nature and the less we interfere a lot of the time the better things are and and yeah you look spot on we, we need to make them decisions we have free will for a reason but for me not uh, drop like it's worrying about stuff that is out of my control that i'm powerless over and i have two categories for things that kind of rattle around my mind today 
it's if something in a category A is action and the other thing is handed over to the universe. If I have something troubling me, I ask myself, can I take any action that's kind and necessary to resolve this? And if not, it goes into category B, which is handed over to the universe. What B would be, and and every time it pops back into my head, oh, I'm putting you back into that box. Oh, there it is again, back in the box. Oh, it's at the pop back in again. I'm powerless over this outcome. I can't do anything about it, you know, just hand it into that little, that little, um, hand it into the universe box, like, you know, and that's what I mean by being a passenger. Like, I'm not, I'm not, don't use the outcome of this or the outcome of that. And, you know, you're just freaking out and worrying about stuff that you're completely powerless over. But when you realize, just be able to hand this stuff over to the universe, like your boss. Is you have this big load of paperwork on your desk, and your boss walks over, takes all the paperwork. Says, oh no, don't worry, I'll, I'll look after this. You just sit there and you just worry about being happy. That's your <laughs> primary purpose today. You'll be happy and help other people, and that's all you need to worry about today, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll worry about all this paperwork. You know, you stop. This is the business deal we have. I worry about this stuff. You worry about being happy and helping people. And man, that's the that's the business deal we have with the universe today. That. All the stuff that's out of my control is out of my control. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry about what other, the guy just stay in my own lane. I don't need to worry about what Mary down the road is doing or what the government's doing or what they're doing over in America or over in China. You know, I'm just, I'm just worrying about really who can I help today and what can I do today to make me feel better, you know, and that's and that's about it, like, you know. Yeah, and, and, and also helping others, you're saying, like, you know, just even doing this or, you know, whatever, volunteering, you know, just, Helping others can also be a way, you know, giving up yourself. You're kind of giving up your services. Like that's another form of yoga, karma yoga, which is called. We won't go into that. It's another. Two hour it's another talk. podcast, <laughs> is it? Part two. We do, we do also, an old Joe Rogan and do a five-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, you also touched on free will. That's another. It could be another two-hour subject. Uh, you know, it's like, is there free will? Is there not? Um, there's many different. Yeah, it's another two-hour talk, that one. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I heard a talk on this before. It's like, but you free will, like, squeeze your left hand and you do it, like, your head just goes, like, do something to show me your free will. And I let, I raise my right hand. But it's like, yeah, but who put that thought there? To, uh, where did that thought come from? Yeah. I think Carl, so you, you talked about it. it, like, you know, like, who put that thought there? Like, you didn't think that thought. Who, who, where, where are your thoughts coming from to think that? Like, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's just going down these rabbit holes, like, you know, <laughs> on and on and on and on, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's profound. But, right, so before we end the podcast, uh, yeah. one question for you How would you define happiness? Um, good question. I don't want to answer it from something that I've heard. I feel like I was about to say something. Well, let, let's hear that. Let's hear that answer. Then let's hear your answer. <laughs> Happiness is uh, abiding in your true nature. That's what I would have said because I heard somebody saying like that. Just I heard somebody saying that. Okay, so like just being true to yourself, being true to your values. Yeah, resting in yourself, like resting in your. Yeah. being comfortable with yourself like deeper than that like resting in 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 yourself not w- without concepts without like you know without any all of these things that we i am this i am that and the, you know yeah. just resting in that in resting in that in whatever arises yeah but what i would say that that was somebody else's answer yeah, um, yeah that, that came <laughs> to you and you man you know yeah 
No, but for me, what is happiness? Happiness is when I've lost my, like losing the mind, like losing this thinking mind, this primal, when I'm just in the flow, when I'm just in the moment of, I don't want to keep saying the now because it's such a thing, but just being present with whoever I'm with or myself, if I'm just with myself, just being present with, with whatever's arising. That's happiness to me. I love that, yeah. man. Yeah. Just being in the now. Yeah. I love it, man. Roy, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, you thanks very much being, for chatting to me. Being at the top table to the yoga mat, to the, <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to, the, to the big hand, to the deep breaths. Uh, yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. And yeah, I forgot that. So that, when you were close to losing the 1.2 million, what was the, what was the card you lost and what were the cards you had? I had two kings in my hand. So if anybody knows I'd play poker, I'd pocket kings and I raised and, um, and the other guy had ace king. So an ace was on the river. The last card out was an ace. It was like... Uh, so is this like a freak coincidence, like a freak chance thing? I mean, it's it's like, obviously it's it still happens, you know, it's just it's one like one card to come. He has, he has, he can hit three cards, you know. He has three aces to hit, which is our, which are in the deck. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's not like it's not an, a crazy thing, but it's just one of them. It's the last card, you know. So it's like, but yeah. it, it's it's online. It's online. If, if if anybody wants to watch EPT Barcelona 2017 live final table, there you'll see the the heartbreak and the <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, before, we, before we go, I just want to also say that Herdaya, the place, the community which I live, they do um, retreats, obviously not now, but when people, if they feel the con, they're, they're quite cheap. They're not like it's a non-profit organization. So anybody feels that they want to do and any meditation how, or yoga uh, retreats. How would they Herdaya find more information on that? How do you spell it? Uh, it's a good question. I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> so... How, <laughs> Um, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I do H R I D A Y A. Okay. H R I D A Y A. So Herdaya France, and they have online courses at the minute, like um, over the whole of April and stuff. So if anybody's interested, that uh, just getting into meditation or yoga, hit them up. Hit them up. Okay. So I'll leave it to you with the most spiritual man in Balia. Uh, I hope you're bringing yoga back to Valier. But uh, Steve, man, it's been it's been great listening to your brother and talking to you. And uh, again, I'm, I'm so glad of the people that I meet down at down by the sea. Most uh, most incredible people you meet floating in the sea. Yeah. Uh, Cheers for the chat, man. Thanks, brother. Have enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. See you, man.